Welcome back to the In the Dugout podcast. My name is Jason Ward, a.k.a. Red Sox Dugout, alongside Garrett Jacobs-Meyer, Joey Nagel, and Alex Jefferson. How are we doing? Hello, everyone. What's up? Good. We back. This Yankees team is nothing. Nothing. The Red Sox, they can sit at the adult table. They show that they're big boys out there. They can beat the big boys. The, the Yankees lost to a triple-A team. They did. They be, they lost to the Woo Sox. It's their worst nightmare. Jeter Downs owns the Yankees. That's the real Jeter in this rivalry, guys. Jeter Downs. Rob we were trashing on him last episode. Um, I He's not good. He just gets to pinch run, and then he does good things when he pinch runs. Yeah. But, I mean, we couldn't have won that series without him, most likely. True. So, we, shout out um, Jeter Downs. We split the series. We split the, Yeah, good point. We split the series. It feels like a win. Let's be clear. Y'all... No, but we could have won the first game. Like, the first game was very much within our reach. Like, if, we, if anybody besides yeah. Raphael Devers knew Fair. how to hit, Fair. like, we win that game. Um, But we're, we're what, 13 games back? 15. 15 it, games it, back? Yeah, we I just, mean. We split the series. Chill out, y'all. Well, I don't here's think. what it means to me is we're not going to win the division. Like, something crazy would have to happen for us to come back from Which 14 okay. games out. Which is okay. Yeah, right. It's okay. It's just what it is. We're going to get into the wild card, most likely. Um, but what this series shows me is that we can hang with some of the best teams in the league, in our division. We hadn't played the Yankees since the first series of the whole season where we got destroyed. So we didn't know how we measured up against that team. We're really against, injured, too. Yeah. We, are yeah. we still don't fully know how we measure up against this team Good because point. our entire rotation is still injured. Yeah, with Chris Sale, Nathan Avaldi. Garrett Whitlock, Paxton. Rich Hill, Michael Waka, James Paxton, Kike Hernandez. The list goes on and on of all the Devers players that are playing out for a full us. season. Devers didn't even play the full series, yeah. and we still split the series. And the two games we won the series were the two Devers didn't play, just for the record. So that says a lot about this Red Sox team. Very um, resilient. And how they can kind of match up against some of the best teams in the league. And it shows that the Red Sox, I think this is fair to say, are for real. It's not like they just got hot in a month. They are a competitive baseball team who is trending towards the playoffs, which is not where we thought they'd be um, when the season started. So this was a very important series for the Red Sox. The ace coming back tomorrow. And breaking news, Connor Wong has joined the team. That means we have the three players from the Mookie Betts trade on our team at the same time for the first time. (laughs) So that's exciting. Verdugo drove in Jeter Downs. Yeah, we that's true. That's true. We won the trade. It's crazy because I remember first episode of the season or one of the first few episodes of the season, I kept talking about how the Woo Sox were better than the Red Sox at that point. I'd rather see the Woo Sox up here. And we're at a point right now where the Woo Sox are the ones winning us the games. Duran, Downs, Franchi, Schreiber, Ort, Ref Snyder, Crawford, Winkowski, like the majority of our team, aside from like the big name stars, are Woo Sox players right now carrying the load, and really making an impact, which is really interesting. It's fantastic. It's what good teams are made out of. Exactly. It's what such a long season needs. That's why we wanted Bloom here is to build that minor league system, build that depth, and And we're seeing it pay off for us right now. And there's still more guys on the way, which I think is one of the most exciting pieces, right? Yeah, I mean, one guy totally forgotten about is Tristan Casas because he's been hurt, but he's going to be a big part of our future. Right, and so, like... Bayo's up here now. He had a rough start his first time, but it'll be interesting to see what he does. He had a rough start, but I also think that, like, a lot of his... He had good good control, like, for the most part. Like, I just think that he was, like, not... 
he was trying to make people swing and miss at the same rate he was down in AAA, which just like isn't going to happen, right? Yeah, I mean, he, there's definitely an adjustment period. He was rushing everything. Yeah, he was. His his time in between pitches was so short. He to was, the point where he's not where you're going too fast, you're losing something. Yeah. Um, also, he is pitching for the Red Sox tonight. Red Sox play in about ten minutes. By the time this episode's out, that game will be over. So, um, good win, bad loss. One of those, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see how Bayo does in that one. Um, but it's it's really cool to see a lot of these names that we've heard about for so long starting to make an impact for us. Well, and I'm I'm really excited for for Connor Wong to come up. I didn't even know that that was who they were bringing up for Plawecki, but. Wong has been phenomenal down in AAA. He completely relaxed his hitting stance. Yeah, he changed his approach. And yeah, it's really and it's, off. it's been really, really good. So I'm excited to see him up. Can we also celebrate something real quick? Yeah. Hansel Robles isn't on the team anymore. Let's Woo! That is probably one of the biggest things from this past weekend. Hansel Robles is gone. It's a beautiful thing. And now Ryan Brazier's just the only one left. Oh, my God. Um, the other day, Ryan Brazier came into a tie. Oh, I think it was Saturday. Brazier came into a tie game, and he immediately, within four pitches, gave up the lead. Dude's got to have dirt on core or something's going on there. Within four pitches, he gave up a, a single and then a double and then another double, and then he got an out and then gave up another single, and then Cora pulled him. Yeah. Yeah, that was Awful. ugly. Awful. But Not yeah. ideal. Yeah, Robles is gone, um, which is beautiful. Matt Barnes is still banished to wherever he's. He's on. He's on rehab right now, which is unfortunate. He's on rehab in the Florida. Oh Coast yeah, that's League, right. That's and where he's he getting is. shelled. Is he actually? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me see if stats tweeted out. But I saw this thing that was like Matt Barnes pitching in the FCL, uh, pitched like two thirds of an inning, gave up like three runs. Woo. <laughs> that's um, our closer. Honestly, though, <laughs> like I feel like. I feel like the fact that getting Sale and Paxton back, Paxton soon, like in a little bit while, but like getting Evaldi and Sale back this week with Whitlock coming back, with how good some of the young guys from uh, AAA have been and how good Walk has been and Rich Hell's been serviceable, like hopefully that means Whitlock. Right oh, by back the way, Whitlock. The they, yeah, they announced that. I don't know if we talked about this last episode, but he's going to be in the bullpen. When he comes back, oh really? Which they is awesome. Yep. Thank yeah. God, which is awesome stuff. for us. That that is really good. Yeah. So think about how good our rotation might just be in a couple days, in a few weeks, when we get everyone back. Because this Yankees series, we didn't have Michael Walker, who's been one of our best starters. We didn't have Avaldi, who was our ace, and Chris Sale. Obviously, you know who he is. Well, and Pavetta, who'd been one of our best over. He had a, he's been having a really good stretch. Got roughed up a little bit. So yeah. And yeah. then the bullpen came in and shut it down, which was nice to see. Um, the bullpen's been good when you don't go to certain guys. Salamora was good last night. Um, saved the game. He did save the game. That was huge. Oh, sorry, real quick. I found Matt Barnes' stats. So far in the Florida League, he's given up a homer, a double, a homer, a double, a wild pitch, a strikeout, a ground out, ground out. And his first out. Nice. Um, Big Fudge has been holding it down. JBJ threw 92. Miles <laughs> yeah, <out>. JBJ. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Seriously. I, I yeah. honestly expected more out of Jackie. I'm not going to lie. I thought he was going to throw, like, 98. Mm-hmm. That arm. Uh, they Cor told him to go easy, though, so who knows what he could have Cor done if he was... Cordero's been really good. Yes. Since, like, even... Like, I know we praised him last time, but he's continued to be hot. Poor defensively, though. 
Yeah, we 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 had a really bad defensive yeah, series my, against the Yankees. Man. Yeah, but Joey, uh, what was Christian Arroyo doing? What was your cousin oopsies. doing? In an oopsies. Listen, I've had the exact same thing happen to me before. It kind of runs in the family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's a helpless feeling out there. I it's think the it's worst. Just, I think it's just so funny that the way he reacted. It's one thing to lose a ball, <laughs> but it's one thing to not even run back and just stand and look at your infielders like, guys, Wait, what are you? What are you asking me to do? I don't know what to do. <laughs> look at the infield. Like, what do you guys like? Point to it. Help me out here. Yeah, but you know, hey, it was buddy, a high you're alone IQ out there. Play. He threw the runner out at the plate. Um, <laughs> you know, high one IQ time play. in high school ball. I dropped a routine pop-up in right field, and I threw the guy out at second base. So, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Smart baseball. Yeah. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, um, Franchi had some trouble at first base, too. So, that begs the question. And Bobby had some trouble at third. Do you remember that pop-up where yeah. Bobby Ooh. just, like, completely missed it? And, and then We he should build a dome over Fenway. <laughs> Does that make it easier, though? I don't know. It Actually, de- depends on what it looks like. You know, DJ LeMay, he really made up for it, though. <laughs> and his lazy outfielders. The Yankees outfielders. had some trouble fielding as well. We wouldn't have walked off that game if Josh Johnson didn't get his finger caught in his glove. <laughs> so yeah. that's huge for um, us. Uh, what I was going to say, though, is that begs the question is, like, Franchi, obviously his bat's been huge for us. But he's kind of a defensive liability at first base, so... What's that kind of looking like for us going forward? Is he going to stay at first base, or are we going to play him in the outfield more and put someone else at first base? You have a very interesting situation right now because there are so many moving parts to the roster. Like, during work today, I got really bored, so I put the whole roster on a spreadsheet, looked at the the IL and everything, as one does during work. Um but, you know, Ref Snyder, you're out of options on him, so it's either you DFA him. Oh, really? I didn't know that. So you either have to DFA him or keep him on the team for the rest of the year. I think we know where we're going with that. And it, you just have some – you guys like Branchy and Dahlbeck, you know, th- that are – you see them staying on the team. You can't really send those guys down either. Whoa, Dahlbeck? Well, that – You that, see him th- staying on the team? The thing. Bobby's a better defensive – he's an actual first baseman by trade. Franchi is not. So, you know, like – well. I it's don't think that secures his spot, though. No, it's been awful. It's, it's been it, so no, it doesn't. But that first I, base without a bat. Do you guys see them sending down Bobby Dahlbeck after being up with the big team for two years? Yeah. I I think it depends honestly on what they do. I think JBJ is the the crutch of whatever happens because if if they get rid if they move JBJ down and are like you're done, the spots Franchi's. I think Bobby stays. But if they get rid of if they say JBJ is staying. Then I think you have a like a very reasonable argument to make of dropping Bobby down to the minors for a little bit of time, especially with the whole like open because Cassis is hurt and letting letting Franchi take the reins for a little while. Well, it's interesting because what I've noticed is they they're pinch hitting for Jackie later in games. They are which, which yeah. because they don't trust. They the know he sucks. <laughs> no, which is Jackie. When we got him, when we reacquired him at the beginning of the season. We were thinking, oh, he's your defensive replacement. He's your fourth outfielder. Yeah. But now all of a sudden, you're pinch hitting Ref Snyder for him late in games because you're comfortable with the defense out there. Yeah, and you lose that whole defensive, like defense, defense, defense. He's so bad at the plate that you can't even get that positive. Like, yeah, so I, I think it's actually a bit well, of a tell right there that Jackie's probably not going to be here. Yeah, and especially. In the long term. I mean, when Kike comes back too, and like Duran has been like. Duran has Somewhat to stay. Ref Snyder yeah. has to yeah. stay. Duran, Verdugo's your left fielder, so yeah. 
you know, we were talking, a lot and then you got Arroyo there. too. Like you, there. I just, I think Jackie is by far the worst. He just adds the least amount of value because all those guys can play defense. Yeah, and then it depends what you're going to do at the deadline too because I know Lou Merloni loves to say you still have to get a first baseman. He said it last year, and he's saying it again this year. And I actually kind of agree. If you can get a guy on an expiring deal that that is a first baseman, not an outfielder playing first base, and can hit and get on base – you know, why not pull the trigger? Because it makes your lineup more lethal. It moves Franchi to the bench. Probably Bobby doesn't stay on the team for the postseason. But I just think I, I mean, first baseman's a, a position that needs to that needs to hit. Well, I, I think you could sell high on a few of these guys. I, I could see us trading Waka, too, like selling high on Waka. That's an interesting one because in the postseason, you might not necessarily need him. You'd like to see because I don't think Walk is coming back next year because this is this was his prove it deal, and some teams probably going to give him yeah give him some money. money. Well, let's take a step back here. I don't think we're going to be sellers. Like I don't know why we'd be trading no, guys no, no, who no, are integral parts of our. I don't know. I have a feeling that we like I'm a name s- on this team could get traded, not because we're sellers, but um, a lot of guys. Yeah, you got a lot. Yeah, and I'm not not saying it as a seller. I'm saying it to add that last piece, that first baseman that Joey was talking about, right? Like, if you want a high-profile guy on an expiring deal, you can't just give up like two minor leaguers. You got to give up something of value. Yeah, well, remember the Rays traded Chris Archer back when people thought he was good at baseball. (laughs) Like, when the Rays traded Chris Archer at the deadline, they were still competing, and look what they did. They ended up phenomenal fleecing them. But people were confused. They're like, "Why are you trading Chris Archer? This is a staple in your rotation." But and that was Heim Bloom that 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 made that trade. So yeah. it could be Bobby. It could be Duran. Like it, it's not out of the picture that you trade one of these guys that is in Duran's place has played probably even a little bit over his head potential. Yeah, and like it would be nice to have some some more veteran uh, presence on this team. I mean, I think we have a decent amount of that in the bullpen and in the rotation, but I think offensively, like, you know, this team is lacking its its Steve Pierce, its Mike Napoli-esque player, right? I just think Schwarber fits so well into that role. God, it feels I, like I miss spot. Kyle Schwarber so much. It feels like we're in a spot right now where we were last year when we acquired Kyle Schwarber. Like, it feels like he's the exact guy we need right now. I have an idea. Well, I don't know. We were still disappointed with Kyle Schwarber because he was injured at the time. He wasn't a real first baseman. You look at other guys like Rizzo that went around. That was the conversation we were having back then. Do we want a real first baseman at the deadline? Let's let's trade for David a package of David Bednar and Michael Chavis. It's not funny. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that's gross. Um, one guy I've been seeing talked about a lot is Josh Bell. Um, I would. I don't know, I don't know how that. good he is defensively, though. Well, I feel like he's not least, great. At least he is a first baseman on by trade. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's doing great offensively. He's a good offense guy. I don't know because but it's not. You don't want someone that you're gonna have. You don't. You're not looking for control necessarily because you got Costas coming up. Yeah. You don't want a long term guy. This is just like a, a rental. He's a very capable defender. It seems. Oh, here you go. He's on the last year of his deal. Exactly. Yes. That's why a lot of people are and talking about him. I think. Ten, ten this million. is someone that you're definitely not going to get back. Yeah, because his... Not that it matters, but yeah, yeah. the stats look pretty good. Play and he's a switch value. hitter, which I think... Adds a lot of versatility to the lineup. It adds a lot of value to him, and I don't know if the Sox would go 
that much in on a first baseman like that because there's probably a team out there that would that would love a guy like this and probably give up more than you. I think the easiest way to look at it is you have to look for the reliever you're going to trade for first and then see if yeah. they have a decent a first baseman. Do you think we yeah. still need a reliever? Absolutely. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. And an interesting package. This one just popped into my head. What about Daniel Bard and CJ Crow? Bro, I was just looking at that. I have the Rockies roster yeah. pulled up. I was just going to say that. Well, and the Rockies are going to be selling, right? Because the Rockies are terrible. Yeah. The thing with CJ Crone is he's having a career year. All star. Mm hmm. All star. That's going to be a lot to give up. Yeah. You're, you're going to have to give up prospects in addition to well, big Well, the only thing is, you know, people are going to bring in the Coors effect with him. I don't know how that plays into his value. Well, here's the thing, too, is. The Red Sox worked hard to build themselves a farm system, and now we have a logjam at so many different positions from a prospect standpoint yeah. where we can totally afford to give up a big-name guy without even hesitating. And what, we we got a, a we spent our first pick on this guy that's supposed to be like this great, what, middle infielder? Yeah, Ooh, shortstop. Marcelo Mayer. We have to do a little draft talk because there was an interesting mock draft that came out today. Red Sox picking, I think, 24th. Yep. Projected to pick... Kumar Rocker. No way, really? Yeah. Really? Which is interesting. That's funny. That's funny. Imagine. I would love that. That would just be like. That would just. Be that nice. would be amazing. Oh my god! If we get him in the twenty. Wow. Yeah. Um, um. But yeah, no, I have no problem at all giving up a prospect or multiple prospects. I think. I mean, there's a list of untouchables, though, right? Casas is for sure one. Bayo is untouchable, and Nick York, I think, are and Mayer. definitely. Uh, yeah, and Mayor, obviously. So, I don't know what this means. I was at the Woo Sox game a couple days ago, and there was a scout sitting right next to us who had a Nationals bag. So, I don't know what that means for us. Who's the Nationals first baseman? Josh, Josh Bell. Bell. So, that's interesting. I think your main thing with the with the deadline is you have to go reliever. If a first baseman falls into your lap, you know, that's great. But relievers absolutely m takes like here's, the highest priority here's an interesting question so obviously whitlock slides back into that long relief role that he was so good in that last year do do you go out and get a closer to take hauk out of that role or do you keep hauk there and get just a normal reliever that's a good question i wish we have i wish we've seen more of him yeah i wish we had a bigger role. sample size it's tough to be like i'm so comfortable with him as a closer because He's had, what, six or seven save opportunities. He's been good in those opportunities, but that's a very small sample size to be comfortable with the closer. So it is a tough question, but when you have, like, the whole point of how can the bullpen was to be a Whitlock-type person in the bullpen. But now that you have Whitlock in the bullpen, I you have a lot more flexibility with what you use these guys for. You can have Whitlock be a, a two-inning guy, uh, seventh and eighth guy, say, and then you have Hout come in, in the ninth and just blow them away with the best stuff he's got for three outs. I, so I it, it allows Tanner Hauk a lot more flexibility to be the closer, the guy, because you have Whitlock filling in that role that he was supposed to have before Whitlock was back in the pen. Well, and I, I like the idea of Hauk being a closer because I think he's got the energy for it. Yeah, I think and the stuff for sure. He's got the, yeah, I, I think his his pitch mix and just like, how hard he throws, like how he attacks hitters, like is beneficial in a closer role. And I think, you know, the stats have kind of showed that he gets worse the more hitters see him. Like I feel like he's the type of guy that gets really bad second or third time through the lineup. Yeah. So yeah. like yeah. being being in a closing role, that's like that's like the perfect spot, right? Yeah. I mean when I when I think about this bullpen right now, 
when you have like Hauk, Whitlock, Strom, and Schreiber, Schreiber's been incredible. That's four really solid, really trustworthy relievers towards the end of the game. You know, Want another trade target? Garrett Richards. No. <laughs> he has a 290 no. ERA. With Can't who? I haven't even Texas. heard about him. Oh my <laughs> him God. and Martin are back together. My Martin trade for Martin. Is an all-star. I'd, yeah, that's incredible. Um, um, but what I'm saying, though, is like we have some – we're at a unique point where we weren't at in past years where I kind of like the back end of our bullpen. I think it's kind of the, the gaps – in like the middle relief guys that we're kind of struggling with, like when we don't have Schreiber available, when we don't have Whitlock available, how whoever, you have to be in a you're in a position then where you have to throw in Ryan Brazier or I don't know Salomore when he's not as good or I don't know these different guys who aren't really capable of holding their own. So I'd argue that it's more important for the Red Sox to go out and get kind of a a gap guy, a middle relief guy, than it is to get a back of the bullpen type guy it's a playoff type thing you have to go out there and get someone with experience someone so exactly someone who knows how to pitch with a fire like lit under them ryan like, brazier if he was good ryan brazier because he's got the could, experience yeah, he was someone good in who the could pitch with runners on brian yeah. brazier can't pitch with so runners on. not ryan brazier but exactly. like that kind of age and that's where player. i think dan daniel bard comes into play no but because ah. he's a veteran like, he's pitching well I but think I don't know if he ever wants Colorado. to touch Boston. Yeah, yeah I don't know if he well. can pitch under that pressure here. No, I I agree that a, a veteran reliever would definitely be good, especially because like, I mean, look at the look at the staff. Like, Schreiber's pretty young. Like, the team as a whole is just so young that like I feel like some veteran leadership would be beneficial to have on the team. Well, the way I look at it in fixing in improving this bullpen is, you know. Down the down the stretch, before you even get to the playoffs, when you're playing those meaningful games, you know you're gonna have to use those guys every single night. So, you know, what do you do on a night where Hauk isn't available? He's just worked exactly. three days in a row. What do you do if Hauk has worked three days in a row? Schreiber's worked the last two, and let's say Whitlock threw 30 pitches last night. Yeah. Who are you putting in that game right there to help you out? You need someone who has flexibility. You. It, you're not necessarily looking to get a closer from someone, but I think you a you nice aim for a, guy. a setup man. Yep, exactly. you look for a setup man who can, you know, shift down to the seventh inning, sixth inning, even on nights where everyone's available because you're just looking for guys to fill holes and hold you over. Because when that bullpen gets tired, when it gets thin, you don't have anyone to save you, and that's what makes a good bullpen. Like the Yankees have a great bullpen because they have a bunch of guys. That, Besides Chapman, Chapman you sucks. Can, Chapman really sucks. My God, um, they have a bunch of guys that you, that you can really pitch in any inning, including the ninth inning, and get you outs and win you games. That's what we don't have. Absolutely, I agree. And that situation that you described, where say like Schreiber's pitched recently, Hauk's pitched recently, Whitlock's pitched recently, and you don't have someone to go to, that's been a situation that we've run into a lot well, and sorry. very recently too. So that's what I'm talking about, where you need a guy who can just step up. He can be a middle relief guy. He can pitch in the fifth, sixth inning when we have everyone available. Or he can come in when the other guys are tired and he can take that role on himself, get the outs he needs to, and keep the line moving. That is definitely the guy that we need. Do we Do we think Diekman could be that guy, like, ever? I think that's what we signed him to be, and that's who we kind of expected him to be. But I don't know if he's kind of shown that he can do that. I think he his drives control me nuts. is too wild. I'm not comfortable with him because his we've seen it too. way too many times where he gets the first two outs of an inning 
and then forgets how to throw a strike and gets pulled. Yep. Um, I was watching a video on YouTube, and it was bunt home runs, and they weren't actual home runs, but it was Diekman throwing the ball over the first baseman, and then he <laughs> ran and he made it all the way around. I just thought it was funny. I was like, oh, wait, we got that guy now. That was a horrible <laughs> He's on play. our team. He's on our team now. <laughs> I will say, I think our defense is holding us back a little bit. That was the same thing last year because we have a bunch of guys playing out of position. It right. was worse exactly. last year it's when you had like Renfro playing the outfield who is an outfielder but not a good defensive one he's a dh really yeah you got, right now you got a second baseman playing right field in arroyo you got an outfielder playing first in cordero it's really the guys playing out of position for us and i don't think it's fair to ex- expect them to be insane when they've never played the position before exactly and that that's the problem with the construction of this team because your weakest defensive position right now is first base which you know right it field. yeah when you those are two of the positions that you really don't need a lot of defense but when you have bad defense in those positions it, it, shows. it sticks out and it's ugly yeah first base is that position where you could have a really good defensive first baseman and you won't notice it but once you have a bad one it sticks out like a sore thr- thumb and that's what's happening with franchies he'll miss some simple balls well, some simple it's, picks it's not just franchi bobby has not been fantastic at first he's had base a down either. year defensively in my opinion i'd like opinion. to argue that he's also out of position though he's been a third baseman for the longest time and he came up as a third baseman did he really i mm-hmm. thought he was a first baseman well he was he, a third he, first guy but third's his primary position let's not forget that he's a fantastic shortstop <laughs> right. Yes. And 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 Vasquez is a great first baseman too. You can't have that Munchkin at first base. I'm sorry. Vasquez. Vasquez is has been great. So clutch. I'm gonna keep so hating clutch. on him because he keeps playing well when I hate on him. <laughs> I think. But he like he's he's been phenomenal, unbelievable. But I mean, na- I'm if, gonna cap with something negative. If if yeah. Alejandro Kirk wasn't so good, he would be an all star. Or he would he's be not. It, here's my negative thing on Vasquez for this episode. He's not tall enough. Yeah, <laughs> he's not as much of a munchkin is Kirk, and that's what's holding him back. He needs to get fatter and shorter. Yep. <laughs> also, you have, the other thing you have to think about is, like, you know, Winkowski's been great and, like, some of the guys that we've brought up, but, like, how is how how sustainable is that once, got, once teams get more, like, you know, like, can better understand their kind of the way they attack batters and stuff like that, right? I mean, I don't think it really matters because he won't be in the rotation soon with the guys you got coming back. He's just filling gaps right now, and he's a role player at You don't the think Winkowski deserves a spot to stay? I was thinking about that today. I, I think that... I don't think it's that he doesn't deserve it. I think there's just physically not well, a spot. Well, the way I look at it is that the rotation's not going to be fully healthy for a little while. So you're going to... When is Paxton supposed to come back? Next month at some point, but I don't... He's coming off of Tommy John. I don't think he you starts. You have no idea what you're going to get. I don't no, think he yeah. starts. Total I think I think he's one of those... He's a he's a starter in the bullpen in a playoff type role in yeah. in those high leverage games. Which I just checked our schedule. Our final twelve games of the season are against the AL East. Yeah. Which teams in the AL East? The Yankees. You get you have back to back four game series just like this with the Yankees and I think the Rays as well. Well, that's awesome because we're great against the AL East, as everyone knows. <laughs> those stats are so phenomenal. August twentieth, you have twentieth and twenty first. You get two in Cincinnati, and then after that, four in New York. Four at home against the defending 2014 AL East champs, Baltimore Orioles. Watch out. <laughs> Three hey, they've inter- been hot. I know. They're one game under 500. The AL East is ridiculous. Then you get three in Toronto, and let's not forget Tanner Houck might not be available. Think of how big that is. That mm. That's a seeding game right there, and your closer might not be available. That's why you have to get guys in the bullpen who are experienced with closing. And then you end at three. 
with three at home against Tampa. So it's it's a big deal. That is, that is a tough stretch Those, to end the season. That's twelve playoff that's games four. to end your season right there. Because if you play the way, if you play three hundred ball against that, you're not making the playoffs. you're not making the playoffs. Because and that's what they played against the AL East th- thus far. Well, and because I mean I don't know if you've been paying attention to the AL Central at all, but the White Sox are heating up. The Mariners have won eight straight. They have a playoff spot right now, but that's not yeah, a big deal. A few weeks ago, we thought the wild card was wide open for the three AL East teams. It is no longer that. That is no longer the case. I mean, the Orioles are two games out of a playoff spot right now. There's a long season ahead, and who knows how that's going to shake out, and that's why the Red Sox should be doing everything they can to bolster their roster. Yep. That's a fair point. And in the, exactly. in the short term, you still have seven games against the AL East before the All-Star break. Yeah. So yeah. these four against Tampa – these next seven games, if you can, if like, you can go four and three, even three five and, and two, even three and four, I would be, I would take it. I really would. Just given the our our history this season against the AL East, if you can, you know, if you go three and four, you're still probably going to have the top wild card spot heading into the All Star break, and then you get a little bit of an easier schedule. But I saw today that the Red Sox have the hardest schedule in baseball from this point on. Awesome, that's great. Well. <laughs> Yeah. Bring the same intensity we, you brought against the Yankees, and you're going to be just fine. Uh, let's get to the questions. Woo! All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. It sounds like question time. I found the questions on my phone. It is question time. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Starting off our question time with a question from R. O'Connor333. Ideal postseason starting lineup. Where do you think Kike hits when he comes back? Because that's what I'm not thinking. Lead off. I, think I, know. He, I think he hits nine. I think he hits second leadoff. I think so, too. I But I think, I don't know, just like from optics, it's kind of weird to put Kike in the nine spot. But I, I, I agree with Is that. Is it, though? I don't think he's really shown that he should be leading off. No, he hasn't I, really no, done much. No, Duran's your leadoff guy yeah. for the time being until he Falls proves off. to you he, he can't, can't keep going like this. Mm. You have your guys that you know are going to be in that lineup, and your two open spots are right field and – First and base. first base, and it depends who's on the mound, because yeah. you're gonna platoon. Like I think Duran and Ref Snyder, that's that's a platoon that you could look at oh, in I right field. Yeah. And then at first base, oh, wait, 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 wait. If you have Kike in center, then it's Duran and right, Verdugo in left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but you would pl- platoon. I think Ref Snyder could play in right too. Well, yeah, you would platoon it's, yeah, Duran and the Ref Snyder, but I think those would be the starter, guys. and then yeah. also based on the starter. Yeah, like with who you have, it's. You're gonna keep Dahlbeck and Franchi at first base. Well, ideally, by that point, would have we would have acquired a better first baseman. So in theory, Franchi could be the right fielder. Possibly. One thing I like to mention though is I think that Kike definitely has to be the center fielder from a defensive standpoint because Duran yeah. Duran has yep. terrible routing, negative def- four defensive runs saved so far. I think, um, and Kike is really? a lot better. Yeah. Well, Kike's routes are great. Kike's routes are incredible. Yeah. Yes. So that's key. Um, one thing I want to mention, though, is I don't think I'd have Chris Sale starting that game. No, Nathan Rivaldi. I would go Nick Pavetta, Ooh. personally. I think he's he's got that dog in him. He he's does got have that, that postseason, dog in him. That postseason energy. Ivaldi's um, had some trouble with the homers, so it's tough he for me up, to say Ivaldi would be my guy. I would go with Nick Pavetta, I think, to start. Whatever uh, game we're I don't know. Pavetta's about. been struggling. The last he had two, his last one two, bad no, game. His well, last two starts have been bad. Yeah, his last two starts. But you again, you ride the hot hand. Yeah, but it's nice to have those options. You definitely have names. Well, a wild card is a series now. Let's is not it? forget that it's three three it's games. Three games, no travel. So if you're the if you have the top wild card seed, you play all three games at home. 
Yeah. Which is interesting. So three games, you can have Pavetta, Waka, Evaldi. But this order. is also my worry because with that because it, I feel like it's going to end up that you have to – if things go bad, you're going to have to go to Toronto for three games. Or and the there's drop. your closer thing. Um, I don't care about If the you drop. have Whitlock in the pen, though, I don't know – if it's going to be as much of an issue. That's true, but it's Fair. also like... Plus, if it's postseason, you'll have, I don't know, Paxton in the pen maybe, Sale in the pen potentially. Yeah, that, I mean, it's true. A little bit of time to plan for that. You have, you've exactly. plenty of time and you have the trade deadlines. So. Exactly. Right, yeah. I mean, you get that other reliever Actually, that we were what? talking Kamar about. Actually, you know what? Kamar Rocker, he can close for okay. us. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Uh, do we possibly see Jeter Downs staying in the majors? Nope. No. No, I don't. I just don't think he has a spot. I think the infield's too crowded. The moment that he had this weekend reminds me of Tony Renda. <laughs> yeah, it does, actually. It really does. <laughs> He'll be up for two games, and you'll never see him. Pinch run and score the, wa- the walk-off run. <laughs> yeah. Um, does but that no, end with he, him getting a ring? Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. We'll see. But he doesn't have a place on this team right now. That could change in the future, but right now he came up, he did his job, and he could keep doing his job. But once we get some of our guys back, he just doesn't really fit yeah, at the moment. Yeah, he's only up because, because we're, we're so injured. injured. Yeah. 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 Fair. Um, why is Bobby still on the Red Sox? I wonder that myself sometimes. I think it's because we just don't have depth at first base. Like, there's just no one who's come and taken his I job. Think, think I'm not ready to give up on Dahlbeck yet. I think this is just a trash season that you have to so ride it out. I'm not ready to give up on him long term, but I think I'm ready to give up on him this season. I agree. No, he's I, shown I nothing. Agree. I think I think he needs more time in the minors. He needs something, dude, because right now it's just not working. Yeah, I don't know if more time <laughs> in the minors is going to do it, man. Like, I when we were talking about trade hypotheticals earlier in this episode, I think it was just in my mind that what if we trade Bobby Dahlbeck? What if that happens? Similar, I think, to the Andrew Benatendi trade in a way. Like yep. it's some guy it that is. was a, a top prospect for you. He was good when he first came up, I, and then he's kind of fallen off. I think it reminds maybe me. Maybe do you sell him while you? I don't know. Still can, or maybe another team sees something in him while and you take advantage kind of, of that. Like a, he's he's kind of like a he's he's like a major league prospect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, oh. This trade, were, if we were to trade him, it would remind me more of the Michael Chavis deal personally. That's a good point. I think he's more. I think because I think Andrew Benintendi like showed flashes of being an all star. I think, and he is an all star this year. Shout out Benintendi. I think uh, Betty Teddy Dahlbeck in the same vein as Chavis showed potential to be like a a major league platoon guy more so than like an all or instead of being an all star. But I don't know. I think Dahlbeck has potential than Chavis without a doubt, and I think Dahlbeck does have all star potential. I think when they were both coming up together, it was always. Dahlbeck one, cost or uh, Chavis two. Dahlbeck was always a step ahead of Chavis, and Dahlbeck was always highly regarded as a guy could be who could be a big time major league name. Well, um, I, it's tough for me to let him go. I'm not saying we should let him go, but I'm just saying that's something that I could see happening because another team sees something in him, they're gonna pull the trigger and get him. And yeah. so far, I mean, Benatendi we traded, and he's an all star. I mean, he's not too great but he's an all-star and Chavis has been pretty good for the pirates in his role wait who did we trade Chavis for was it big fudge okay so i'd say both those trades worked out for we us. won that trade both big fudge having a great year yeah uh-huh. and for uh the benintendi trade i mean franchi's been producing for us winkowski's been great and there's still a bunch of other prospects who we haven't even seen yet so yeah those trades worked out so just do that again <laughs> <laughs> um do you think cutter crawford should stay after his performance against the yankees no um, no Cutter Crawford's interesting because 
he keeps having these random performances where he's really good. Like yeah. the one against the <laughs> Mariners, and it keeps him on on the staff. Keeps but I him really, relevant. I just don't think he's that good. And once again, during my studious work today <laughs> with the roster, I was looking at guys that you have that um, that you have to send down because remember, there's a limit to 13 pitchers on the roster. In my opinion, Cutter Crawford's one of those guys because. Think of who you're getting back this week and the roster moves that need to be made. Evaldi, Sale, Whitlock. All come back this week. Who are the three guys that go down? I have Caleb Ort, Phillips Valdez, Valdez, and, you know, probably Bayo. But oh, another yeah. candidate for that would be Crawford. It depends where you want to go on that. Something to keep in mind, though, is the new MLB rule where you can only send a guy down five, five times, times, I believe, in a season. So keep that in mind when we're sending guys down and up and whatever. Yeah, it's really interesting now with all these rules because players uh, or fans are always like, "Oh, send this guy down, send this guy down, cut him, release him." That's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love when was everyone was saying to send down Trevor Story. Like that's just not how this. That's stuff not works. how that works. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Story is not allowed to be sent down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, uh, which player do you look up to the most on the Red Sox? That's a, that's a wholesome question. I really appreciate that question. And my pick is Chris Sale. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> he came to my mind, actually, like when I read that question. He was the first person I thought of. He's a passionate guy who just, you know, he doesn't like TV. That's fine. He doesn't <laughs> like TV. <laughs> Did you see his interview where he was like, I was trying to get that, that ad deal from Samsung. It yeah. just didn't work out. I also <laughs> saw an interview from Core that said the TV was already broken, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have an answer. I'm Go. gonna say JD Martinez just because of his um, work ethic. Yeah, work ethic. The story that. behind his, his like very personal, put your head down and get yourself right type thing. And as um, I don't know, as as an athlete myself, it's kind of inspiring to just really like dig your heels in and, and figure it out. Um, and that kind of way his career went, where he kind of had this whole resurfacing, um, is really kind of. It's kind of cool to me. I also like so. JD because when it comes to the offseason, he doesn't care about baseball at all. He just fishes. Yeah. He's also pretty quiet. He's not someone that is. Yeah, he's just a chill um, dude. Yeah. And, and that kind of silent determination is, is pretty cool to me. He's a psychopath, but he seems so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me it's Bogarts, but I think it's because he's a leader and, like, he takes it completely, like, he doesn't shy away from the role, right? And like he steps up in big moments and he is similar to Gar- like similar to what Garrett said about JD, he's always working his tail off and trying to get better. And I just think that's like inspiring and like I don't know, when you can like just like step into a role as naturally as he stepped into being like the leader of this team, I think it's like something admirable to He's very professional. To. Yeah. My pick's Garrett Whitlock. Um, I mean, this was a guy who was in double A. He gets picked as a rule five guy and he comes up and performs. And the quote that stands out to me was when he said that I could be the janitor cleaning the floors like as long as I get to be a part of this team. That quote's just amazing. And that really sums up a lot of who he is. And I just love that. Yeah. You know what he calls Heim Bloom? He calls him Mr. Heim. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Heim. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in your opinion, what's the bigger need at the deadline? Uh, bullpen or first base? Oh, yeah. Bullpen. We did touch on that. Look, my answer, I'm not picking one. Please get both. 
Like, I do not want to be in a position where we Fair. have to pick one or the other. I don't uh, feel like we should as be As the Boston Red Sox, you should be able to get Absolutely. You, yeah, you have the means to get if, both. If we have another bullpen, like we, or not bullpen, deadline like we did last year where we're, like, waiting and we just, like, nothing happens until the very end and all you get is one guy who doesn't really even fit any of your needs, it's going to be – there is going to be a problem. Also – Feel free not to wait till the deadline. Trades right have now. already started. Yeah, you know you can pull the trigger now. If Trades you have already started. You got a big. Yeah, I don't know. Talking about what Robinson Cano. Yeah, Robinson Cano. <laughs> <laughs> five guys. You think the Sox should trade for five guys? What will the Sox? Do I don't know if I can deadline? name five guys. Off well, that. well, you probably shouldn't eat five guys before a game. <laughs> What is wrong with you? I feel like that wouldn't sit well. <laughs> Who should the Red Sox <laughs> trade for? Who should the Red Sox trade for? We uh, talked about yeah, it. You know. Give us the definitive last few guys. You know, we mentioned a couple names. You know? Just because Pete they Alonso. ask questions. <laughs> yeah, give me a blockbuster trade where we just acquire someone insane. Just kidding. Don't do that, please. Um, That's all the questions. Yeah, good questions. Good questions. Raphael Devers leads position players in war, I believe. He has a higher war than Aaron Judge. And Mike Trout. So, by the statistic that dictates MVP, (laughs) Raphael Devers is your first half MVP, not Aaron Judge. I just want to let that be known. SeatGeek is the best ticket provider out there for all sports, concerts, shows, and more. They make buying tickets easy by grading every ticket price so you know you're getting the best deal. And they provide a view from your seat so you can pick the perfect seats to any event. And guess what, folks? You can get $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek by using the promo code DUGOUT. D-U-G-O-U-T. Get out there. What would you guys use that $20 you save uh, to buy? Gas. You can get a solid gallon with that, yeah. <laughs> Lamest answer ever, but oh my god. I would um, buy a breakfast sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> maybe a couple cups of coffee. Yeah, a couple cups of coffee at the place by our work. You would be able to buy maybe two. See, no, you'd be able to buy three. Buy like two and a half. All right, cups here's of your best deal for twenty dollars. Twenty coffees at Cumbies. Maybe. Facts. Twenty items from the dollar store. Oh. Uh, they're a dollar twenty-five. Yeah, they oh, are. Man. Yeah, Dollar Tree's fraudulent. <laughs> the anger with which you said that was amazing. Yeah. What now? Five below selling stuff for five five oh five? Like come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> All right. All right. Anything else we want to toss in? The pot. The Red Sox. So- oh, we, we the Red Sox suck. Right? They do oh, they suck. They play. They Last episode, huh? we were super high on them, and then no, they played bad, and so that we're like, um, they played not great, so we can't really be hyping them up. So Jason, the Red Sox are bars. Actually, I'm I think I you do. Got any bars, Joey? <laughs> the grass is green, and the <laughs> and the dog goes woof. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time on the In the Dugout podcast. Thanks for listening. More mo- more cash than you can handle. Gonna need a new checkbook. Running through the outfield. Oh, Oh. look, here comes a dinger.